Hello everybody and welcome to this week's summary. There's a few things I want to discuss initially and one of the things is like a few people have asked me this week how do I come up with some of the content in the emails and these little weekly reviews. A lot of it's just observations, conversations that people are having, like atmosphere on the mat, like with anything. If you take a step back and try and look at like the overall picture and they call it a high contour view. So like a bird's eye view of something. When I was in the um, MOD police and we were doing tactics courses and stuff as the, as the, the leader of that group, if you was within the group, you couldn't really see what was going on. So you were, you were always taught if you were designated leader to take a step back and have an overall view of what's going on. And that's kind of the approach that I take. I kind of see what the what the vibe is, what people are discussing, um, and what the atmosphere is. And if you watch people carefully enough, you can kind of tell by the demeanour whether they're maybe a little bit deflated, not the usual self. And it's definitely something I've picked up on last week and this week. And I mentioned it in an email during the week, I think there's a definite correlation around six months. It's not exactly six months, but around that six months mark, six month mark, as a beginner, you're definitely going to start feeling frustrated. And it's just because you have four stages of learning. Initially, you don't even know what you don't know. So you're coming in, it's novelty, everything's new, you're buzzing, you're picking up some techniques, you're getting a good workout. And then around six months, you actually realize like how deep this thing goes and how much there is to it. And that's called, let me get it right, conscious incompetence, basically. So you know how rubbish you are, <laughs> for the want of a better term. But you understand like how much there is to learn. And then the next step is conscience, conscious competence. So you start getting better, but you still have to think about what you're doing. It's not ingrained in your muscle memory and stuff like that. And there's definitely been, I can see there's a few people who've started with us maybe six to eight months ago who are either dropping off attendance-wise or being frustrated that not necessarily picking it up as quick as they wanted to or they realise, shit, how much is there to learn? Like, there's a lot to learn. And... It's completely natural, I want to say that. It's completely natural to feel that way. Everybody feels that way. However, you're going to feel that way at every belt. Every belt's going to feel like that. Every time you level up, there's going to be techniques that you're doing, moves that you're learning, details that you've not been shown yet that you think, all right. And you're going to feel like you're not really like worthy of that that level, if you like. And that happens at every belt. It's happened to me at Black Belt. There's been stuff that I've been shown. And I'm like, all right, surely I should have known that at like Blue Belt. There's so much to learn. And what I will say is that's quite refreshing because you can never complete it. That is quite liberating. The fact that there's no end point. It's like learning an instrument, playing guitar, playing piano. There's never going to be an end point to it. And that in itself can be quite liberating that you just do it 
for doing its sake. There's no destination, really. Yet you can use the stripes and the belts as little, little posts, little signposts. Something to orientate to. Something to get to, something to strive for. Massive cliche, but just enjoy. I'm not going to say the word, but just enjoy. Enjoy it for the sake of it. And that brings me on to the next kind of point that we got discussing. And I've discussed it in the kids' class. A few people have asked me, a few of the adults have asked me, about like the gradings in jiu-jitsu. And I think it's it's one of the reasons why jiu-jitsu is so good is because of the sub because of the subjective nature of the the belts and the ranks. There's no set do a test, do these set moves. And the reason why is because a blue belt so this is the way I was trying to think about it this morning. A tall, lean, slim blue belt, for example is going to have a different set of techniques that they excel at than someone who's short, stocker, and heavy. So how can you do like a set curriculum for those individuals and those like body types? And I've took two broad ends of the spectrum there for body types. There's obviously everything in between. But how can you set one set of guidelines for a blue belt you need to do x y and z technique when they'll have two different games two different approaches to jiu-jitsu and not only that but and i'm i'm obviously going to state some obvious things here but everybody learns at different rates we don't all start out as equal if you're more athletically gifted you've come from an athletic background then you're probably going to grasp and be a little bit not necessarily learn quicker, but you're going to actually be able to physically do the moves. Whereas if you're a bit older, you're not athletic, and you're coming into jiu-jitsu in the later years, then your body isn't going to be used to moving in that certain way. So it's going to take you a bit longer. It's going to take you a little bit longer, and that's completely fine. Everybody learns at different rates. It's my job as coach to, and it's not an easy job, and I'd, I'd love to speak to other coaches about how they kind of get their head around it. Um, again, because of the subjective nature, you're not comparing one person to another person. However, similar rank, similar size, when you're rolling with each other, you are watching whether or not you can pull off the moves and the techniques. So in that respect, you are seeing whether you're, you're up to that level against a similar rank. But then you can't afford to compare one against the other directly because of loads of other factors. Age. Like, I don't know what kind of your day job might be. So you might be labouring all day, scaffolding, brickying, hard labouring, and another person might be coming in who'd been sat on their ass all day on a laptop. So you're already, one person might already be fatigued and they're just using jiu-jitsu as a little bit of a stress release before they go home to the family. Whereas the person on the laptop has been itching all day to get and do something physical. And because there's no set 
set syllabus, a blue belt at our club might go to another club and either excel or maybe not be as good or in their perception not be as good as a blue belt from another club. So I think the way I kind of go around doing it is it's setting the standard for the club as a whole. So that's not to say that it's difficult and I hold belt back, but I'm not going to give out belts easy, if you know what I mean, because that's going to set the standard for the club. So then when we compare all the blue belts within the club, that's the standard what we're setting. If it's a lower benchmark, then that kind of waters down the whole quality and standard of the club, if you get what I mean. Other coaches, I was having this conversation with Ross, the wrestling coach. Some clubs may promote on competition and how well you're doing in a competition. You might have someone who's really athletically gifted, but not technically, not technical, and the winning but then someone who's really technical who might not be winning in competition, but they obviously have got a big arsenal of techniques and they understand what's going on. How do you do you do you give the person promotion for, for winning, even though they've not got the knowledge of the techniques? And again, the other side of that coin is if someone's more of a coach, they need to have a greater level of knowledge and understanding of the techniques more of a competitor, maybe just have, might have one or two techniques that they excel at and they can pull off in competition. There's all that to take into account as well. Again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's a grey area, and I think it's what makes jiu-jitsu so interesting and popular. So yeah, long summary, but really interesting topic. Um, I'd love to speak to other coaches and maybe do some little short-form podcast with them just to see what their take is on it. So that's almost took up the whole 10 minutes that I was going to discuss today anyway. But yeah, so things that have gone well this week, people are really enjoying that we're spending a long time on certain positions. I've discussed this before, but it's worth reiterating because people are, are buzzing with it. Like we've almost spent, I think, three weeks on half guard bottom, making sure we can get to underhooks, lockdowns, whereas now over the next like at least two or three weeks, we're going to look at probably leading up to so the week before Christmas, we'll be looking at um, passing half guards. So getting rid of all the problems that we've been looking at so far, lockdowns, half butterfly, um, dealing with people when they come up and sit up into an underhook. But people are really enjoying how in-depth, and it allows me now to go in-depth on stuff rather than just to and fro in from a different position each week, which is fine for the beginners' classes. I think that's what they need um, to get an overall picture of jiu-jitsu. Whereas in the all levels classes on the Tuesday and the Thursday, I think I'm enjoying going in a little bit more in depth and really having a block of techniques. And that also is helping um, lads and girls who can't attend every class for whatever whatever reason, but at least they know that for the next couple of weeks, at least we're still doing half guard, so they will be able to like catch up on that topic a little bit. So that's what's been going well. Opportunities for learning. A little bit of a, a light bulb moment on Wednesday in the wrestling class with Ross. We were working some positions like a high crotch that 
the immediate thought in my head was we don't end up in this position that much in jiu-jitsu and I don't know anybody who actually goes and shoots that much for high crotches. So I was kind of ready to dismiss the position until I asked Rossi's advice in terms of what to do in a in a turtle position if you're, if you're holding onto a single leg rather than sprawling. And the same principles from defending that high crotch applied when someone was in that, that turtle position with holding onto a single leg too too much. Get rid of the shoulder, create the angle. That little inside leg weave that we looked at to the S grip and lift and dump the partner. So opportunities for learning, I think, really, really open up to the idea of the principles of grappling are universal. They apply jiu-jitsu, judo, wrestling. What can be applied standing can be applied on the ground. It's the same thing. So points to tech forward, knowing what I now know. From my point of view, it's, I think, better communication in terms of the competitions and who's attending and who's going to be there coaching and helping out. There's been two competitions this month, or there will be, will have have been, will have have been, there would have been two competitions this month in Wigan. We had a few lads entering the um, Empire one, and there's All-Stars coming up this weekend. Unfortunately, I can't make this weekend's all-stars, but I was able to make the Empire one. Um, I'm not sure if people were aware of that, that I put it out there that I could attend this one, but not that one. Um, and I don't think, if I can help it, I'd rather not have lads, especially if it's the first time competing, going out there and doing it on their own. It's good to have a team amongst you and around you to support you, to corner you if, if they're available. Um and at least have like one of the coaches there helping you out. So apologies to the lads who are competing this weekend at All Stars, but I'm, unfortunately I'm not going to be able to be there. I don't think. Um, and that's I'll take responsibility for having better communication. Maybe that I think in future it's worth if I pick some of the local comps that are coming up that I know I'm definitely going to be there. Then at least if it's the first time competing, you can put your name down, knowing that you'll have a coach there helping you out, and. If you're not that bothered and you're quite happy to do it on your lonesome, that's fine as well. Not got a problem with that at all. I do think if it's the first time you compete and no, it's good, it'd be pretty shit to do it on your own. You, you, you want a team around you, people who can support you. There's going to be a lot of emotions on the day, your adrenaline spike and then the dump afterwards and the intensity of the competition. It's good to have a little soundboard you can talk to after it and you can just show you where to go, where you're in, what matter you're on, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, points to tech forward is just communicate a bit better with what comps I'm going to be attending. Um, and that's something we'll start doing. There's not going to be any comps now after this weekend until the new year. So we can we can start looking at that in the new year, definitely. But anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. See you on the mats.